0: On to today's show. Hello and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Ashley Meakey to the show. Ashley Meakey is a freshman at Vanderbilt University. She plans to double major in economics and communications and minor in human and organizational development. She is the Youth Ambassador Board Member of the Foundation for Climate Restoration and is also a Content Creator Ambassador for Beauty and Brains Organization. She is an advocate for climate restoration, inclusivity, women's empowerment, and domestic violence awareness. She loves volunteering at South Suburban Family Shelter, Habitat for Humanity, and Progressive Housing. Ashley, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing so good. Thank you so much, Raj, for having me. It's such an honor. You're so inspiring.
0: Ashley, I am inspired to have you on the show. You're the youngest guest so far, 18 years old. You know, I kind of wish I was as far ahead in my thinking as you are at such a young age. So I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Ashley, where are you currently located?
1: Um, Right now, I am on campus at Vanderbilt University. So I'm in Nashville.
0: How's the weather in Nashville?
1: The weather is amazing. I love, love, love warm weather. So I have that's been like the highlight of my semester here. It's amazing.
0: So when you say you love warm weather, there's a clue in there. Are you from a cold weather location?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm from Chicago, Chicago land area. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is chilly, isn't it?
1: Yeah, very chilly, say the least.
0: So actually, I like to open the show by asking my guest the following question: If you are asked to share something interesting about yourself, What would it be?
1: Yeah. Um, I have my own natural hair care business. It's called Hair Chronicles by Ashley. Um, And I think that's pretty interesting, I hope.
0: It is, absolutely. How long have you been doing that?
1: I have been doing that for... I guess 4 years, but before that I've been doing my mom's hair, my sister's hair, and my own hair, and then freshman year of high school is when like I made an Instagram page and have just been kind of showcasing what I can do and you know getting more engaged with that.
0: And how's business?
1: Business Um, it's a little bit slow right now because I'm on campus and I don't necessarily have the time to do, um, protective hairstyles because, um, protective hairstyles, they take so many hours, which is good. But like with schooling, it can get a little hard. However, like I'm going to be returning home soon for a winter break. And I think I'm even going remote for next semester. So I can imagine that like, I'll get right back into business.
0: So what inspired you to start your own business?
1: Yeah. um, There weren't many um, cost-efficient hairstylists in my community that could do protective hairstyles. Um, And yeah, that was a big, big inconvenience for not only my family, but I know several other girls in my community struggled with that. So I just really wanted to help out um, in any way that I can. And I taught myself how to do um, different types of hairstyles. And that's kind of how I got into it.
0: And before we move on, can you explain what a protective hairstyle is?
1: yeah so a protective hairstyle um is a hairstyle for natural hair where the natural hair can like sit in one place and like really just grow and not be messed with um and like all the oils can like kind of i don't know work together and it's just i don't know how to explain it, but basically like the natural hair is just left in one spot where it can like just grow and like absorb all the oils and nutrients that you put in it. And just grow. I don't know if I explained that right, but um, it's very healthy for your natural hair.
0: Well, I think you did. I appreciate it. So, Ashley, you came very highly recommended by Rick Parnell, the CEO of the Foundation for Climate Restoration. He mentioned that you're a board member of the organization and he already shared some information regarding the organization. But can you share your role and how you participate?
1: Yeah. I'm a board member, so I have the power to like vote in on a lot of issues and policies that the foundation is adopting, especially since it's, you know, just now getting its feet on the ground and really transforming into a formal business. Um, I'm glad that I have some say in the types of policies that is going to build the framework of the organization. Um, and then I also get to work on some programs um, like the youth um leadership program that I'm working on youth leaders for climate restoration um so I'm excited about that too I have I can do a lot which is which is really empowering and kind of scary for me so I'm just kind of filling out my role and just doing what I can hopefully I'm doing well
0: well Rick said you're doing very well since you brought up the youth leadership program can you share some information about the program
1: yeah, so Foundation is going to be partnering with WorldWord, um, another amazing organization, and we're getting ready to launch our Youth Leaders for Climate Restoration program. It's going to be a certification program where high schoolers, college, and graduate students can get a certification in learning about climate restoration, talking about it, and then really engaging in their climate activist ways and really be creative with that.
0: So can you share if, if, let's say, for example, a high school student were to enroll, how long would it take to go through the program?
1: Right. So the program is 12 weeks, um, so three months. The, they'll kind of go through all the four, th- three to four components of it with learning about it, speaking about it, getting that practice, and then having the citizenship and leadership. Um, so all of that will take about three months.
0: And is there a cost associated with the program?
1: That is a beautiful thing. There is no cost to the program. In fact, there's an opportunity to get money um, through scholarships that we're working on.
0: That is beautiful. And you mentioned the components. Can you break down the components, what they are?
1: Yeah. So the first component is, I guess we can kind of combine the first two, which is just like an intro component, learning about the foundation, learning about roadward, learning about climate restoration, and then speaking about it. Um which is just learning different speaking practices and ways to engage with different audiences. So I guess if you want to, you can kind of combine those um, components. Um, and then there's a formal speaking practice component where, where you'll participate in webinars um, and really engage with our other potential partners and webinars and have like, you'll be able to make a video if you want, um, speaking about climate restoration, um, and then you'll be able to practice giving a climate restoration presentation, um, which is very formal. Um, and so it's a lot of like practice in that area, just giving you a big platform to speak about it. Um, and so that's kind of like the, the second, um, component, I guess you could say. And then the last one is our leadership, mentorship, and citizenship component where you can mentor Other youth in your program, and then engage in that citizenship by advocating for like policies or engaging with your leaders in your community, and then um, leadership as well, and engaging with however you choose to be a climate activist and really get creative in that area, and we'll support you there too. So, there's a few components to it. I guess if you want to make it concise, I guess there's technically three components.
0: And if someone's, let's say, totally new to the entire concept of climate restoration, can you perhaps give a broad overview of what climate restoration is?
1: Yeah, my favorite way to bring it up that the foundation actually introduced me to is the um, bathtub reference. I don't know if you've um, heard of it. Basically, the earth is sitting in a tub of carbon and then turning off the tap And then the the faucet would represent like the carbon being poured in the atmosphere. So turning off that tap is mitigation. And then adapting is learning to swim in the tub. But restoration is opening the drain and letting some of that carbon out. Because even if we turn off the tap, we're still sitting in the carbon. Um, Even if we learn to swim in it, we're still sitting in the carbon. But by draining, by opening up that drain, that's where we're really transforming the climate back to a place where the earth can live healthily and humans can thrive.
0: And do you have any favorite examples of, let's say, letting the water out of the drain?
1: Okay, so I have two. I was very, very hooked on the synthetic limestone um, by Blue Planet. Um, But I think now I'm really, really excited about marine permaculture. Um, The fact that we can kind of, kill two birds with one stone. I hope that's not like a bad um, analogy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, on one hand, we're sequestering carbon using the ocean. And I believe we only need 2% of the ocean to sequester all the carbon in the atmosphere. And then on the other hand, we're revitalizing these marine ecosystems, which is an amazing thing to me. Um, And so it's just like a win-win situation. And I love that.
0: I do love the idea of marine permaculture. I recently interviewed um, a lady who, with an organization called Green Wave, and they're doing, I don't think it's ocean farming, but it's water-based farming with kelp and mussels and oysters. And I think that's one of the ways, too, that they're eliminating some of the carbon in the water.
1: Mm-hmm. I heard a lot about kelp. I'm fascinated with kelp because it can grow up to two feet per day, I think. And that's really amazing. I didn't even know plants can grow that fast. So that was just fascinating for me.
0: You know, I too was fascinated during the conversation. She told me that um, the kelp that they grow with their farmers can get up to 15 feet long.
1: Wow. Wow. That's fast.
0: So it's quite amazing. Yeah. So let's rewind a little bit here. How did you get to this climate restoration? And, you know, what led you there? And can you walk us through that?
1: Yeah. Um, so I was first introduced to climate restoration at their 2019 um, Global Climate Restoration Forum um, at the UN headquarters. And that's kind of where my journey began. Ever since then, I've been super engaged, super excited, and just ready to spread the hope that climate restoration brings.
0: So, as a young person, what are some of your concerns about climate change?
1: Yeah, um, I'd say I'd have a few, one of them being that not everyone is on the same page with um, climate change, which is kind of scary. There's tons of evidence that it exists and, you know, we're living in the evidence, we're the evidence as well. So it's a little bit scary that not everyone, one, knows about climate um, change, two, is not on the same page with restoring the climate. Um, And so that's kind of scary as well. But that's where the Foundation for Cl- for Climate Restoration comes into play. And I think they're doing an amazing job working in those areas. Um, and also that climate restor- climate change affects every part of our life. It's kind of scary um, that this event could be big enough to literally affect my future. Um, and not everyone is on the same page to do something about it.
0: So when you're speaking to your peers and your friends regarding climate change and climate restoration, what are their reactions and responses?
1: Um, I speak more about climate restoration. I feel like I'm more of an optimist. So, for me climate restoration is that more like optimistic side about climate change and that's where I really engage with my peers just telling them about all the different technologies and ways to like restore the climate and then it's fun honestly having debates about different solutions and the pros and cons of different things um and then having a conversation about how advocating for climate restoration is also advocating for all these other social justice movements so there's a lot of ways that, like, you know, I can engage with my peers about um, climate change, and I choose to have a more productive, optimistic conversation about it, you know, with the climate restoration, and then speaking about all these other different social justice issues that we're also advocating for um, with climate restoration.
0: So speaking of social justice issues, you're a young African-American woman, you know, there's a lot of issues right now around social justice, diversity. Can you perhaps share your views on what your thoughts are regarding minorities getting involved in climate change and how perhaps it affects them differently?
1: Yeah, I'm all for um, minorities of, you know, racial minorities, religious minorities, all getting involved with climate restoration because climate change is an issue that affects all of us. So as a solution, all of us should be included. Um especially like indigenous peoples and people that don't really have a voice necessarily that should have a voice. I'm all for that because um, in that way, we can all be creative with our solutions and really, you know, gauge which is the best way to go about this problem, you know? Um, And so I'd really like to see that um, more with the climate restoration um, and conversation about climate change in general. And then Yeah, it affects minorities more than others. Um, And one way that I found out about this is from um, Lauren Archie, actually on Instagram. She's amazing. And she really um, brought my awareness to environmental racism. So, the issues in Flint, Michigan, and the issues with the pipelines running through indigenous people, the land of indigenous people, um, those are important causes that should also have attention with climate restoration, climate change in general, um, because we have to fight for climate restoration, but we also have to fight for environmental racism and make sure that we can all stand together to confront climate change.
0: So, Ashley, how would you respond to a question about? You're young and you don't quite understand the way the world works and business works and this problem cannot be solved.
1: Mm, that's a great question. Um, to that, I would say, yeah, I don't know everything. No one can know everything about the way the world works. But does that mean we take no action? No, it means we work with what we have. I work with what I know. And from that, like I'm willing to learn more But, like, I'm still going to take steps um, to fight for climate change and for climate restoration. And the more I learn along the way, the more, like, I can speak about it. But just because I'm not the most, you know, I don't have the most knowledge doesn't mean I can't speak about it because regardless, it's going to affect me. So I should have a voice, I feel. And then that's also, like, a big um, caveat for my program is I really feel that's an argument that... Um, adults use against children and um, climate activists is that we can't have a say because we don't know anything. So I really hope that my program can give the youth like a general knowledge to really have the confidence to speak about these issues. Um, and when you know those concerns come up with the adult audience, we can kind of stand our ground and use what we know and take it from there. Doesn't mean that we can't have a voice. We just use what we know. And you know, work from there.
0: I like your approach. Now, does Vanderbilt have any clubs or organizations that are also working for climate change?
1: So yeah, I am a part of SPEAR, which stands for Students Promoting Environmental Awareness and Responsibility. They're an amazing club, very creative, um, and they do a lot of work with sustainability and different ways where we can have like a, a hands-on experience with you know, just doing what we can for the environment. So that means gardening or getting engaged with our community and teaching the youth about um, the world and the atmosphere and the environment. And so they work kind of in those areas. um, And they're an amazing organization on campus.
0: Do you know if that's just a local organization or is it national?
1: I believe that it is local for now, but I would love to see them go
0: national. It's a very interesting idea. So Ashley, you know, you kind of mentioned how you came to this journey, but crux of our conversation is why, you know, what you were introduced to it, but what drew you to it and what keeps you on this mission? What keeps you going? What's your why?
1: Yeah, the why I would say is the hope that climate restoration has. There's a certain hope that I had never really experienced until I got involved with climate restoration. Um, And what drives me is just spreading that hope spreading that awareness that there is a way that we can fight against climate change. Um, and that is climate restoration. That is intersectionality, having a conversation with everyone um, and taking a unified stance. And I think that's an amazing thing. It's an empowering thing. And that message, that message should be spread as much as possible. So that is what really drives me.
0: Can you share what intersectionality is?
1: Yeah, so that's the inclusion of different races, ethnicities, religions, everyone from every background, um, and just having a unified conversation about it, about climate restoration, about anything in general. But I think it should definitely be included with climate restoration and the conversation of climate change, climate change.
0: Thank you. So you've been on this journey for a couple of years now what are some of the most valuable lessons that you say you've learned about yourself?
1: About myself? Hmm. I'd say that I've learned that my voice is more powerful than I thought. Um, I didn't know that when I speak, people would listen. And that's something that was kind of important for me to learn because it made me even more bold with my voice and more comfortable with using my voice and then encouraging other youth to use their voice as well. And a couple of people that I look up to that are youth is Alexandria Yesenia, and Greta, of course, and Lauren Archie. Um, and they've really um, empowered me to use my voice as well because I look up to them so much. Um, and so it was important for me to know that, you know, my voice does matter. And even though I'm young, I can still have a say in climate restoration and climate change.
0: I love the idea of your voice mattering and I'm glad you found out it does.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So you're young, 18. Let's fast forward 10 years from now, 28 in the future. You have a magic wand. <laughs> your I- your ideal scenario, what does the future look like climate-wise and just in general?
1: Mm. Um. In general, I would love to travel the world. Um and i would love for when i travel to just see a healthier earth that would be amazing to me to be able to you know swim freely in a healthy ocean to you know travel lands and have them healthy and just looking the way i don't know it makes me happy to just see things people and the earth in a happy place um and so i think if i had a magic wand i would just really um turn the earth to a point where it's healthy enough so everyone can experience its beauty because the earth is already so beautiful. And I can't even imagine how much more beautiful it can get when it's at its healthiest point. Um, And yeah, as for me, kind of personally, I would love to be engaged with international business and marketing and advertising and working with amazing companies like the Foundation um, that have a positive message. So I'd love to work with companies that advocate for climate restoration cultural awareness, amazing messages like that.
0: Well, I love the idea of a Beautiful Earth and about companies with positive messages. You know, you mentioned having a voice and people encouraging you to speak. So my last question to you is, if you could share some advice, let's for a moment imagine you're speaking to your peer group and you could give them some advice or words of wisdom, what would it be?
1: Hmm, I would say... That everyone has a part to play. You know, I think that um, what turns people off from getting engaged with climate restoration is that they don't think that they can do enough to really make an impact. But I would encourage them that everyone has a part to play. And if everyone does their part, the impact is amazing like we can do some really amazing things but it has to take all of us like all of us need to be engaged with it so no matter how small you think your actions are they are doing something they are worth it and they are encouraging others to do the same you can be a leader in your community you can be a leader in your household and that really goes a long way And even if that means just using your voice, you don't have to know everything about climate change, but you just use what you know now and take advantage of that. People will listen.
0: Everyone has a part to play. It's a beautiful thought. Going back to the Youth Leader for Climate Restoration Organization, we've had several colleges and college students reach out to us here in the last few months. If they want to get involved, if students want to get involved, what's the best way to do so?
1: Yeah, so we're going to get an application up soon, hopefully, um, as we approach the end of November, beginning of December, um, and they'll be able to follow our social medias that will also be up soon um, to really get engaged with that application. Um, And from there, they can really get involved with the program and and we'll network them with other opportunities and internships and just amazing things like that. Um, So I think they should stay on the lookout for our... Um, upcoming um, social media platforms and our application that will open up. Um, also stay connected with the Foundation for Climate Restoration because hopefully we can get our application up and running on the website as well. So that might be an easier way for them to, you know, kind of stay on the lookout for that.
0: Well, I think the timing's perfect. By the time this airs, it'll be early December. So I will put a link to it in the show notes. Ashley, I've so enjoyed speaking with you and I'm really excited to see what you do in the future. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. It's been an honor. I had a blast.
0: Thank you, Ashley. Before we go, I'm excited to share that we've launched our comic strip, The Adventures of Mira and Nexi. You can find the first issue at our website, nexuspmg.com, under the Original Content tab. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. And you can show your support by sharing our show with a friend or reach out to us on social media where you'll find us under our Nexus PMG handle. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email, btu at nexuspmg.com, or contact me via our website, nexuspmg.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter where we share what we're reading and thinking about in the clean tech green tech sectors. Bigger Than Us is a Nexus PMG production.